What delights me the most in sharing the gospel with people, whether it's in counseling or from the pulpit or just in a casual conversation over coffee, is the promise of moral transformation that's contained within the gospel itself. That's the point. The point of the gospel is not just to save sinners and give them a future destiny in heaven. There there is the restoration of the image of God in humanity. That's the point of salvation. That which was lost in the garden, that's what that which was distorted and even shattered, and that being the, the moral image of God in humanity, in Jesus Christ has been restored. With his incarnation on that first Christmas morning, the great joy was that the image of God in its perfection, was restored to humanity in the child Jesus. And then throughout his development, his very natural human development, and then into his um, ministry, in his life, his death, in his resurrection, the image of God was manifested so that people beheld God, the glory of God, the glory of Yahweh in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's the nature of the gospel. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul alludes to this quite uh, often throughout his letters. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says it quite explicitly. He says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Which gospel? The gospel. Which gospel is that? The gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The image of God. And then before that, in chapter 3, he had just stated in verse 18, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the primary work of God in your life is to conform you into the image of his Son, who is the perfect image of God himself. He is the exact representation of the nature of God, says Hebrews chapter 1. So, this is a familiar text to some of you, Romans chapter 8. He says this in verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, the Son, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestinated, predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. End quote. Clearly, justification by faith alone is not the end goal of the gospel, as important as it is. I am thoroughly Protestant. I am thoroughly evangelical on the doctrine of uh, justification. 
what I believe the emphasis of the reformers was so that we could see that as necessitating the growth and the ultimate glorification of the believer. So, the moral transformation that comes about in those who have been predestined and called, then justified, and then ultimately glorified, is at work within you even this moment. It's not just a thing that's going to be perfected or even felt and realized at the ultimate uh, day. It is being experienced in, in existential ways even in the moment. God is working in you to work out that which he's worked in you. So, what we're talking about here is this wonderful chain of regeneration by grace through faith alone in hearing of the gospel of Christ and then the appropriation of that which Christ secured on your behalf by his death and resurrection and his ascension so that you are actually appropriating into your thoughts, into your mind, your heart, your actions, your conduct, the new person, the new creation that you are in Christ Jesus. So the promise of moral transformation is not about just becoming a better person or avoiding the grosser moral sins in hopes that you will find acceptance with God. That's man-made religion. That's human achievement. No, what we're talking about in the gospel is becoming who God has created you to be in his Son already. By grace, through faith alone, you have been united to his Son. Let me close now with Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul is insisting in the Lord that these Gentiles in Ephesus no longer walk in the futility of their mind as the rest of the Gentiles do. He's telling them that they are not to do that any longer because this is, listen now, not the way of life you learned when you heard uh, Christ and you were taught in him in accord with the truth that is in Jesus. He goes on in verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to lay aside your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So righteousness and holiness is not something that you possess positionally, and then not experientially. No, no. What God is at work in you producing by conforming you into the image of his Son is the Christ-like character of genuine righteousness and holiness. This, beloved, is the power of the gospel. This is the power of godliness. This is the 
transformation that is the imperative to those who believe in Jesus. It's not an option. It's not something you can delay. It's not something you can put off till later. It's not something you can evade altogether. Because it's inherent, it's part and parcel of the gospel. So what I've just told you, and what I'm encouraging you to do, is embrace the joy, the inexpressible joy and full of glory that comes from knowing Jesus so intimately that you are becoming like him in thought, word, and deed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And because you are already in union with him, all you're simply doing at that point by the power of the Spirit is working out in you that which God has already invested in you. Working out that which God has worked in you. So, the promise of moral transformation is to those who believe in the gospel and for those who continue in its teaching. It's regeneration, appropriation, and transformation in that order. And with regeneration, that does not proceed with appropriation is unheard of in the scriptures. It is not part of the gospel message. So we do rightly emphasize regeneration. We do rightly emphasize the, the gift of grace, the grace that comes to us and re, causing us to be born of the Spirit even before we exercise saving faith. But that's not the end game. The end game is a moral transformation of you into the image of Christ in all righteousness and true holiness. What a promise. What a powerful gospel we possess. Amen.